When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Packers Bears tonight, which is a great way to start the season. And breaking news, Ben had just mentioned the Adam Schefter tweet of 26 minutes ago. Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock got into it Wednesday, and the team is now planning to suspend its star wide receiver. He followed that up with Antonio Brown posted the fine letter on social media that Mayock sent him. It led to an exchange which is now leading to further discipline. This is not going away anytime soon. And then he followed that up with Hard Knocks left town a couple days early. And right now, he just tweeted, Mike Mayock has a strong opinionated personality. As anyone who has watched him knows, Antonio Brown is his own man. It creates a combustible combination to say the least. Right, and this could have easily been avoided by not putting those two personalities together. It makes no sense whatsoever. And then when you have them together, who thought that finding Antonio Brown after all this was going to suddenly make him see the light? I, yeah, I get it. I, I don't think you should acquire a player like that unless you think he puts you over the but, top. Now, let's really break down Antonio Brown's Instagram post of the fine because okay. that came out during late during the show yesterday, and we didn't get to it. Right. So it's got all the letters. Uh, the, it's and two it was paragraphs. just on his story, right? Yeah, like it's it just was, on his yeah. story, but it's two paragraphs, and it's explaining that you violated the CBA uh, and our team's agreement. Antonio went and tagged at Raiders. When your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. And I just thought it was a very interesting two sentences that he put together there. All right, devil is a lie. When your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. Did he mean to say devil is a lie? Yeah. Now, he could have been no, it's driving Rick. and voice texting, and no. he may have meant to say devil is alive. No, yes. no, no. It's a Rick Ross thing. The devil is a lie. Yeah. It's it a, a run on. So though. what does that mean? The devil is not real? That He's calling Mike Mayock the devil. The establishment is the devil. The upper 5% is the devil. Oh, he's a 5%er? Well, no, he's not a 5%er, but that has it all throughout all those different uh, resistance ideologies. Yeah. And it's the whole idea that the structure is lying to you, the structure is keeping yeah. you down, the structure is manipulating you, and he's... And the structure is trying to make you wear a helmet you don't want to wear, man. Great Screw point. that. I yes. don't want to take your millions. I want to paint my own helmet. Right on. You're, uh, you're all over it. So, uh, anyways... Uh, he went on the masked singer, dude. I mean, yeah. That's all you need to know about Antonio Brown. But, he no, went no, on that show. He's crazy, but he is the best receiver in the game. To send a message to the can't, Steelers, he went dude, on that show. You cannot cover him. You, there's no hopes of covering yeah. him. And he is a combustible personality himself. So if you acquire him, you should not be a, a surprised. Right. And you should not try to find him. Teams routinely wave fines like this. That is a slap to the face on top of everything else. There's no way. That is taking a match to this gas can. The season's just about to start. This can all be behind you, but let's explode it right before the season starts. Yeah, why do you want to take on a guy that's going to take over your team if he's not even going to help you get past 8-8? Eight and eight? God, I, I think you get him just to sell tickets and get interest. And, dude, I can't wait to watch Raiders football when he plays. Uh, okay, it's Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We are uh, out at Pluckers in Addison. I don't know if we should call an audible here. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all this. 
Uh, well, let's do that. Let's get into some uh, – you guys want to get into some of the football gambling stuff and then do yeah. the whole defense yeah. breakdown in the next segment? Yes. Let's do that. Okay, so legalized gambling is about to take over the planet. I don't know when it's going to happen exactly, but I was reading an article today about a restaurant. I'm not going to say who they are because we're at the greatest restaurant in the world. Just Snuckers. know that. But there's another restaurant that had cut a deal with MGM, and this is to prepare for legalized gambling. Now, right now – you can't do it. It's, it's, uh, you're not allowed to do that. Uh, but everyone is anticipating that pretty soon you'll be allowed to gamble on sports uh, here in America, all over the place, and you'll be able to do it on television. You'll be able to do it at sports bars. And so one restaurant is just getting out ahead of it and saying, okay, you can now gamble at our restaurant, but you can't gamble for money. Now, you can win prizes like trips to Vegas, to MGM, and things like that. And so what they're trying to do is get out ahead of all of it. So they're totally organized, and they have a database of people who are going to want to gamble the second it's allowed and the second it's legal. And also, Ben, uh, all that's dead on, also conditioning people to make that restaurant a part of their football-watching gambling festivities. And we've talked about this, how the future has stadiums and arenas with live gambling kiosks. Yeah. Because one of the real trends that's happened with with big-time gamblers is in-game trend gambling. And so the idea that you can go pick up a trend and then walk over to a kiosk and place a bet, you know, it's the future of this thing. And we've talked about this, too. It's the future of broadcasting. When Sinclair Media acquired the, the Fox Sports Regionals, including where you guys watch Ranger games and Maverick games um, and Stars Hockey, that th- eventually Sinclair – acquired that because they are going to be selling scrawls and sidebars that are all about in-game gambling uh, possibilities. And I think that can help save uh, specifically baseball because you can start going uh, betting on this specific at bat outcomes, right. you know, on at bats or half innings or full innings yes. as well. And that'll be much quicker, right? But I think like Pluckers even kind of does this in a way. Like I think about our draft parties where you guess the pick, and if you get it right, you win right. an appetizer or a prize or whatever for the whole bar. Like, it's very cool little things that you can kind of do already because people's minds have already – they were doing this 10, 15 years ago. People's minds have already changed. People are already thinking about gambling a lot, right. whether they call themselves gamblers or not. Fantasy football is technically gambling. You're yeah. putting money in there in your league most of the time and playing for something. So I wonder where it's going to take place. And it's going to be a battle to try to get the consumer to do it wherever you want them to do it. In other words, stadiums would love to try to find some incentive to where it's advantageous to get you to buy a ticket to the game. Right. So here's bets that are only you can only make at the stadium at one of those kiosks because they're fighting. They're competing with people being super comfortable in their living room. The NFL, because you can watch every game from there. And so, and then, of course, all the networks are going to try to do it, like what you just described, the idea where you're watching a game and you can bet on your remote control, like, hey, do you want to bet that uh, the Steelers are going to score a touchdown on this drive? If so, click this button and decide how much. Or is this guy going to hit a home run or is he going to strike out? Or, uh, you know, will this team cut, you know, this NBA team, cut the deficit to single digits before the end of the quarter. Yeah. Things like that that are happening live that you can bet on right there. And then so you've got the stadium, you've got the, the living room, and then, of course, you've got venues like restaurants. Or every restaurant's going to try to figure out a way to be a sports book. And to your point, Ben, condition you to do it there because obviously you can do it from your phone on an app. And oh, so yeah. it's, it's, that's where these things are heading, whether you like it or not. 
so now it's a man. I, I really think I, I give a lot of uh, just respect to the vision of Adam Silver of the NBA because awesome. he was not. He was sitting there going, "Why?" And and you guys know I'm I'm big on this, but it's like, why are we standing here lying about all this stuff? Everyone knows it's a lie. Let's get out in front of it and move towards a solution. And so Adam Silver's not going to stand up there and go, "Nah." Uh, gambling's not associated with our league at all in any way. It's like you, everybody knows that it is. So why don't we address it as adults and move in a direction that's amenable to the, the populace? And so everyone's filing suit. We're not going to sit here and demonize this thing. Responsible adults like to do it. Uh, they want to do it. So let's move towards being able to somewhat regulate it. So obviously the sport wants to get their cut right off the top because that's the way these massive businesses are organized and then not tell people what they can and can't do that impact their own body it's all changing faster than i think we could have ever imagined but i do love the kiosk idea at all times like you have your phone you ha have an app i have so many apps you have so many usernames passwords that can be a beating at times and just the idea of going up to a kiosk and being done with it you know and doing it like that is a lot of fun i had a lone star park uh I mean, you have to do that with a person, but you want to put a bet on any race throughout the country that's happening live. You know, you just go up and you say, I want this race. You got the book and they print it out. She's got a little thing on her hip that she wears. She puts the bet in, takes your money and cash. Right. Okay. And she prints you out your ticket just like that. So the kiosk is just going to print you out your ticket and you have it. I mean, I just think it's so easy going to places like Texas Live, coming to a pluckers, you know, whatever. All that stuff is, it's going to change so much over the next 10 years. And honestly, for the better, if you like sports. Eventually, there will be this deal with MGM and this restaurant chain. They will have human beings there to take yeah. bets. It'll eventually be like that. And you'll get the receipt right there. I mean, it's... Uh, the problem you have is a bunch of people want in, though. It becomes a customer service issue. Because I'm trying to get a bet in real quick while she's printing out a ticket for this guy. Yeah. Oh, my printer paper's out. i got to put my printer paper Dude. back into the thing. There's a lot of <laughs> restaurants now where you just place your order on a kiosk. It'll be the same thing. Yeah. We're all moving towards kiosk related. And so, like, it'll be similar to where if you go to, uh, you know, Home Depot or the grocery store and everyone's at the self-checkout and there's one person there in case there's any kind of issues. Because the gambling will be regulated, so a 15-year-old can't sit there and place bets on the kiosk. But And then I would also think eventually – Whatever these apps are that get ahead of it, whether it's PayPal or Venmo or whoever, your Venmo account is going to be attached directly sure. to the gambling entity. And so that way you're not even putting your banking account in. It's a third party that will regulate that so you can't draw more than you don't have. All right, coming up next, will the Cowboys defense be elite? We'll have that discussion right here at the Ben and Skin Show live for Pluckers and Addison. Come see us for lunch today, Pluckers and Addison. Uh, we'll talk Dallas Cowboys football next. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Thanks, Shippy. It's a Ben and Skin Show. We are coming to you live from Pluckers in Addison. Come join us. We are having a great lunch up here. If you'd like to get your grub on, we'd love to meet you, and thank you for being a loyal Tolo of 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you very much. A lot of cool folks coming up here and 
uh, having lunch with us. We greatly appreciate that, mate. We might even bump into somebody famous like Bennett Glazer. We oh, stick around man. up here. You never know. You never know. You just never know. Uh, okay, hey, I was reading an article in The Athletic by Bob Sturm, really, really good article, and it was about asking the question, can the Dallas Cowboys defense be elite this year? Now, they flirted with being elite last year. They finished the year seventh in yards allowed, sixth in points allowed. That's pretty damn good. I would say if, if you're going to say that they're elite, if they're elite, well, they're going to maybe be top three in those categories. They're probably going to get a ton of takeaways. They're probably going to suffocate teams and take over. And then at the end of the year, your season's not going to lose because some team draft, you know, picked up a fat running back off the scrap heat and you crammed it down your throat up the middle of your defense. Yeah, the Rams ran up their gut. And there's a lot of people over there that believe that the defense just wore down. Obviously, the pinnacle was the New Orleans game. They just locked New Orleans down. That was elite. That was elite. And that was, you know, late November. But if you look at the Indianapolis game, that was not impressive. Defensively, the Giants game was not impressive. You mentioned the Rams game. That was borderline disaster. So it's a defense that was great. It was elite for the first three months of the season. Then they wore down. And, and when it really mattered, they didn't get the job done. So the evolution of this defense, uh, the article takes you down that path on how it's gotten better. And obviously the Chris Richard addition uh, has been fantastic. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, the draft pick, Jalen Smith's uh, emergence and development, that's huge. Uh, and then Byron Jones moving to cornerback. All of those things have been fantastic. Obviously you have a war daddy in D-Law, that's huge. So all these things contributed to last year, they were the fifth best defense in, in rushing defense. They were just the 13th best defense in passing defense. Uh, they were 16th in takeaways. They were in the red zone. They were the seventh best defense uh, versus uh, explosive plays. In other words, giving up big plays. They were sixth best. They didn't give up a lot of explosive plays. Here's where they, they struggled. Uh, they struggled in takeaways at 16th. They struggled in sacks with only uh, they were 18th in the league. And then on third down, they struggled mightily. They were 27th in the NFL on third down. Yeah, that's a really disappointing stat. But if you look at them being in the top 10 in red zone defense, it's almost like in a lot of ways their defense mirrored their offense, right? This was an offense for the Cowboys that moved the ball up and down the field and then got in the red zone and bogged down and settled for a field goal. Their defense had that same personality, right? They led other teams convert on third down get up and down the field but then when they got in that tighter space they really tightened up and forced other teams to take field goals over touchdowns you know the article breaks down the cowboys tendencies in terms of how often they blitz overall in blitz strategy uh the cowboys uh blitz uh the 25th most so not a lot they blitz 20 percent of the time on defense god i bet that's been the case for ever since rod marinelli walked in this door they blitz on first down 18.9%. Uh, That's 22nd most in the NFL. On second down, they only blitz 13% of the time. That's 32nd. So that's last oh. in the league. They blitz on second down less often than anyone in football. That's, uh, that, that's been that personality, though. We've complained about this for years. And when they do blitz, they send the random slot corner in or right. <laughs> something yeah. like that, you know? Third down, they blitz the 14th most. Third and seven or longer is still 14th most. So uh, that's how they incorporate blitzes to kind of get what they want. But look at look at what you were saying earlier. So is it any surprise that a team that doesn't blitz is 18th in sacks, 
even though they have a good defensive line. You're sending fewer guys to the quarterback. Yes. It's a numbers you know, game. It is a numbers game. And, and, okay, so they're bad on third down, but they're great in yards allowed and they're great in points allowed and they're great in not allowing explosive plays. So it really shows you their mentality is yes. let's just not get beat deep. Let's not give up big plays. Right. If they convert a first down on, on third down, if they convert a third down, no problem. We'll just stop them before and make them punt here in a second. Ben, we've spent so much time talking about the conservative nature of the Cowboys offense. It's the conservative nature of the whole team. The whole team is don't let big plays beat you. Don't do not do it. Hold the, Stem the tide. We're going to win in the fourth quarter. Everybody just stem the tide, and we got an offensive line, so we're going to wear down their defensive line. We're going to make plays at the end of the game. Meanwhile, a team like the Chiefs is like, isn't it badass to be up 17-3 in the first? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a, nice. it, it's a total mentality, and it is. the Cowboys' mentality is conservative. And it is. It's, it's both sides of the ball, and it's, it's, it's Coach Garrett, right? Yes. I mean, it's his team. It's Agreed. his identity. He is conservative, and... He's like, don't make mistakes. But they've done really well with it. He's done a good job. I mean, if, if you really think about it, they're, but, they're, but every one of their games is close. It, what it does, though, is it puts so much pressure on your guys to not make mistakes. And to, I mean, that's the word that you, have, you get tired of. It's all about execution on a consistent basis. It puts pressure on you as the head coach to not make mistakes as well. It's a great right. point. Yeah. And when he makes them, we sit there and talk about them for three days. How in the hell do you mismanage the clock like that in the modern NFL? Well, you haven't given yourself any margin for error whatsoever. Right, and it's it's that stat that uh, they've talked about a lot. Coach Garrett's talked about it where it's like, hey, most games are determined by, you know, three points, four points, five points. They're, they're going to be very close at the end. You know, one, huh. it's going to come down to couple one plays. big play, a couple yeah. big plays in the game. And that's kind of the way this thing is set up. So the defense is going to be conservative, but they're going to hold steady. The offense is going to move the ball via the run, not turn it over via the pass, and try to control the clock. And that's their recipe. So if the Cowboys' defense is going to step it up and become elite, well, they're going to have more takeaways. They're going to have more, quote-unquote, splash plays. And Bob broke down what a, spa- a splash play is. So give us the, exa- the list of splash plays. Okay, they are a sack, a tackle for loss. A heavy quarterback pressure, which means uh, pressure that forces the play to end, basically. So you pressured the quarterback and you ran through it out of bounds. I personally wouldn't consider that a splash play because it's the same as an incomplete pass, but whatever. A run stuff, no yard gain. A pass stuff, no yard gain. Interception, a forced fumble, a recovered fumble, a holding penalty drawn. So if you force them into a holding penalty. Ten-yard swing. A pass defended, a pass batted down at the line of scrimmage. A big hit that knocks the ball loose, or a third or fourth down stop. So anything that does, basically anything in which the offense doesn't gain yards. So Jeff Heath tackling Zach Ertz on a fourth and seven, tackling him an inch short of the first down marker after a right. six-yard gain, right. counts as a splash. It's a big play. play. Gets you it's off a, the field. It's a turnover. So he, all, so then he goes down in this article in the Athletic, and and Bob breaks down. Who has led the team in splash plays last year, the year before, and even the year before? But there's a two-year tally you can look at because that's really how long these guys have have been together. And some of the guys at the top are some of the guys you would expect, and then some others you might not expect. Can you go through that list? The two-year totals, Demarcus Lawrence has 73 splash plays. That's far and away number one, right? Next on the list are two guys tied. I bet one of them is Jeff Heath. Jalen Smith, 33 and a half. And Byron Jones, 33 and a half. Oh, wow. 
And I guess the half splash play is one that you were a part of yeah. and someone else helped you with it. And think about that with Byron. I think people take him for granted a lot. Yeah. I per, think first right. of all, they don't throw the ball on him, uh, on his guy a lot because he's got him so blanketed. Uh, so he didn't get a ton of chance. And he doesn't make a lot of interceptions. That's not really what he does. But he does have huge plays. You need to ask yourself, where would you be without him last year? And yeah. I think I'm down on him. Uh, it may seem like I'm down on him just because I've talked about not keeping him around. But those reasons have nothing to do with him. Right. They have to do with, well, A, his hip, and B, the depth they've accrued at the position. And it might make sense not to pay him. Do you guys think their three best defensive players are Tank Lawrence, Jalen Smith, and Byron Jones? Well, you're. Oh, I'm. Uh, okay, let's go through this list and then pick up that conversation. Okay. Because your next two year tally on a splash play guy is Tyrone Crawford. Again, another guy I think we all are guilty of taking for granted. And to give, just to throw the rookie into the mix, Leighton Vanderesh. Tyrone Crawford, two more splash plays last year than Leighton Vander And think about that. He didn't get near that much love. Jeff Heath, same amount of splash plays as Leighton Vander last year, 16 and a half. Right. Um, so Tyrone was next. Next on the list of splash plays, Anthony Brown, 28 and a half. Then it was Jeff Heath. Is this, that's a two-year total or a one-year total? Two-year total. Okay. Then Sean Lee than David Irving because he had 18 two years ago. So I want to I want to make sure I understand this. In one year, Leighton Vander Esch rated that high on a two-year total. Of well, he just plus. jumped to him. He had 16. Yeah, he okay, okay. Yeah, he had gotcha. 16, but he he had the sixth tied for the fifth most last year though. Okay. So, you know, it's and he talked about how he wore down over the course of the year and got real sick at the end of the year. So, I didn't realize he was sick. So let's go. There was a specific reason I asked you guys this. Do you think? Byron Jones is one of the three best defensive players on yes, the Cowboys. I absolutely do. Uh, I think it, my, my only hesitation is who's better out of uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, and I'm not sure. I, I feel like it's kind of a coin toss. So I'm not going to disagree with that, Ben. The only reason I'm bringing it up is that when you have uh, your quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in the top five paid at their position groups, you don't get to keep the other side of the ball. Yeah. Especially, I don't think their offensive line is even like crazy overpaid or anything. I think it's well paid. But when you look at it, this is where you start going, okay, we have a first-round cornerback. He's in the top three on our team in splash plays, and we can't keep him because you're keeping all those other guys. And, uh, and that's just kind of what I wanted to go back to at the very beginning of the show. When we were talking about we think the Cowboys got a great deal on Zeke, but there's some people in the Cowboys that didn't quote-unquote win the deal, didn't get the deal that they wanted because in their mind, they probably had a different amount of money earmarked for Zeke, and now they're going to have to make concessions elsewhere. They have the seventh highest paid defensive line. They have the 21st highest paid linebackers, and that might have changed a little bit with the Jalen thing that might have right. gone up, right. but this was before that deal happened. The 24th uh, highest paid cornerbacks and the 29th highest paid safeties. I mean, look at that. 22nd highest paid defense. Bottom three on, or bottom third of all those categories. And, you know, I, I think when you look at Byron, though, I kind of I put him in the same boat as Tyrone Crawford. Maybe a little better player at his position across the league. But in terms of what he gives you from a value standpoint, Tyrone Crawford, being able to play defensive tackle and defensive end over the years in a league where injuries just happen a lot and suspensions on this team happen a lot. God, especially <laughs> like, on the D-line. It's been so helpful right. because you, you want to count on Randy Gregory to be a defensive end. Well, I can't do that in Tyrone Crawford. And do that for me in a pinch. Right. I And I, I would love to go back and look at the grades for Byron Jones over the course of the season through that New Orleans game. Because at some point in that Saints game is where he got hurt. Yeah. And then after that, he was compromised the mm -hmm. rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that – because we, we all believe that Cheeto played a little bit better than him down the stretch, right? Right. 
And so, in but, fact, wasn't it Aikman that went on television and said that? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think prior to that, he was straight locked down. And it's and and I know in my mind, I think the same way as you, Skin, when you were just talking about all the guys you're paying. It certainly feels like Byron Jones is going to be the first major cap casualty that's like, well, can't keep him. They unless, want him, but unless, they can't keep him. They want him, but they can't keep him unless he goes the way of Jalen Smith or, you know, Lyle Collins and says, I, I want to be here. And I really want to be here so badly. I'll do a team-friendly deal because I want this. And why would he do that at this point? I don't know. I mean, he would have to so be in love with living here. You know, just so be in love. And he's a smart guy, you know. I mean, I'm sure we talk about Jalen being smart and seeing the opportunities. I don't know that I'm aware of the Byron Jones uh, endorsement opportunities. No. I, it just doesn't seem like it's a thing. I also I, I talked to an agent who, and this is just one agent's opinion, but he's like if Byron Jones goes out and has another year like he had through that New Orleans game, he'll be the highest-paid corner in football. The Cowboys can't even sniff that realm. They just can't. Yeah. They've spent their money elsewhere. And, and to KT's point, as much as we'd like to keep him, the Cowboys have depth at cornerback, and they've drafted well at cornerback. And one of the strengths of their team is their secondary coach and knowing what kind of guy he wants to get to play back there in his defense. Right. But what about what about Rashard, though? Uh, Byron Jones at the, at the kickoff luncheon said Chris Rashard saved his career. Right. Yeah. And maybe there's some unique bond there where Byron wants to play for Rashard, and it's not loyalty to Dallas. I want to be in this system for Rashard. And maybe Rashard, who could be the next head coach, maybe, or he is incredibly important, important, wants to have Byron Jones. It's a great point, Ben, but he didn't want to ruin the lunch. And what he meant to say is he saved my career so I could have a big payday. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Uh, well, I think it all goes back to me, though. The depth that they've built up, and if they truly do believe in those guys, has created a situation where it just doesn't make sense to keep Byron. Do you know what that you is? You like the player, but you're, you're replacing value and looking at costs. The mentality of that is that's the Patriot way. The difference is that the Patriots pay their cornerbacks. Right. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Oh, but you also have to look at this window thing. Yeah. Hey, man, we're in a window. Jerry's freaking going for it right now. Okay. Why would he let a shutdown corner? Why they talk about? You know, the tackle, the yes. corner, the quarterback, you yes. know, those guys, the edge rusher. He's got all those things. Why would he just let that leave? If you've got to mortgage your future to go for it now, do it and keep it. Well, what you do in that situation is you sign Dak and you franchise Byron for one year to keep that. Or Cooper. Uh, to keep that group. I think Cooper's going to be easier to sign. I could be wrong on that. I think he's going to be easier to sign. But my whole point, and, and uh, you know, I'd like to disagree with some things I heard on the station. You know, we, we talk about, uh, about Cooper in this way where he's dedicated to his craft. All that's true. But, dude, he is – I've read several articles on this. He's very dialed in. He has a goal to acquire 31 uh, real estate properties over a certain period of time. Yes. He's aggressively acquiring real estate properties. So as we kind of attribute to this thing, is all he does is eat, drink, and breathe football – that's true, but he has time for other things business-wise. He's just not all out there talking about it all yeah, the time. Yeah, he does. He also do, dabbles in stand-up comedy. Is he does, right? He does a lot of sets. I didn't know that. He has pretty good jokes about feet. He has the yeah. worst jokes. <laughs> oh no, nah, I may be wrong about that. He has some good metatarsal jokes. Yeah, you know, Cooper and Byron kind of same personality in a sense. Kind of yeah. quiet guys, smart guys, very interested in like the business thing. I mean, Byron, we've talked about him. He could go work in Congress if he wanted to. Right. Like, things like that. So, I think, I think it's fascinating. This is, where I, this is where franchising Dak, though, 
and having 32 or 30 million, whatever it is, of guaranteed money on the cap next year, that would hurt you. Signing him would save you. Right. Like, or him signing would save the team. Or him signing would save you the look, team. It depends on how you want to but look at it. But let's look at it. Two of, two of the three are going to sign. Dak, Cooper, and Byron. Two of those three sign here. All right, let's do this. Coming up next, we didn't get to finish all those inc- uh, incredible Jerry audio clips from earlier. We'll give you the latest on the Antonio Brown saga, what people are saying next. Lots of football still to talk here on the Ben and Skin Show, live from Pluckers and Addison on 105.3 The Fan. Here's the latest on the Antonio Brown situation. I'll do it through various tweets from Adam Schefter. We were talking about, you know, him reporting that as of now, Antonio Brown has been suspended by Mike Mayock because of him posting the fine letter on social media. It started a back and forth between the two. And Shippy, you have who actually had to separate Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock yesterday. Yeah, this from Vic. Taffer or Taffer, he's yes. uh, he covers the Raiders for the Athletic. He says one of the players holding Antonio Brown back from the near altercation with GM Mike Mayock was Vontae's Perfect. Ah, oh my God. noted level head Vontae's Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I I love that uh, Vic Tayback of Alice was reporting that. Okay, so 28 minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweeted. Raiders are scheduled to practice at 10:30 in 20 minutes. Antonio Brown, needless to say. Is not there. There's another $40,000. Here's where it gets really interesting. <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum, who is the ESPN front office insider for yes. the NFL, the significance of a suspension is that it would avoid, assuming normal contract language, his $29.1 million in contract guarantees. Oh, man. Voided. However, if he's on the active roster on opening day, his $14.6 million 2019 salary becomes guaranteed because he's a veteran. They could suspend him. So there's a chance now, and a lot of people are starting to weigh in on this on the uh, NFL media side, that the Raiders are positioning this to get him to get suspended and just void out $30 million of guarantees to the guy that they gave up a third and a fifth round pick and extended. He's running out of crazy plank. Yeah, like like you're going to go that crazy. You're basically walking the plank and it's eventually going to disappear on you. And it's tolerable if, you know, it's kind of kind of goes back to the old Bull Durham thing. All right. You got, uh, you know, whatever nasty fungus on your shower shoes. Well, that's that's kind of funny and charming if you're a 20 game winner. Right. In the bigs. Right. If you're not, it's it's more of a beating and it's a pain in the ass to deal with you. And so the stakes are extra high for them, too, because they're not contender they're not a contender you know yeah they're not contending so no. it's like come on man do you, 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 you I, I understand why they would want him i'm not saying i agree with it but they want him to sell tickets they don't have him to contend and so if he's going to be this dysfunctional it's going to ruin the culture of their entire team right i can't um, believe this this is just so crazy no it is so crazy but they they this is what you knew he was. Well, but it's beyond. It's beyond. I, I, I never in a million years thought anyone in the league would say, hey, man, I ain't playing unless I get my own helmet. <laughs> like, wait, yeah. And I, but, I took some paint. I took some model paint, and I went and made my own helmet. And I, it's pretty much Raiders colors. I painted it myself. 
I would like to play with my helmet or I'm out. I'm this, leaving. This, remember, this is the guy who defied his team by live streaming on social media team meetings. Never <laughs> trade for a guy that you might have an issue with, that you might have an issue with. You knew who he was before you traded right. for him. Right. It's like getting but, Dennis Rodman. Oh, my right. God. Yeah, oh, I got to find him for dying his hair. Okay, but to your point, Ben, what you're saying about trading for Antonio Brown for ratings, and I, I get it. I mean, this season doesn't matter for the Raiders anyways. They're just buying their time. Their own fan base has turned on them because they're leaving. But this is not that dissimilar on that logic to Mark Cuban bringing in Dennis Rodman on a MAV team that wasn't yeah. going to win and going, hey, everybody, look at the guy with the orange hair. <laughs> yeah, I do. Fantasy football is massive, and he's the best receiver in, in the game, arguably. He's in that discussion. He's the most exciting. You're going to have a ton of highlights. Your brand's going to be all over all the highlight shows. People are going to be buying Antonio Brown jerseys. I get that there is upside. I never, and I know there's some downside to be anticipated. I never expected it to be this much. This is massive downside. And look at this tweet from uh, at Chippy Fun Sports. So Antonio Brown is going to end up on the Patriots, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. So when they give up on him or he forces his way out or this leads to a divorce, well, some team out there is going to scoop him up. And he's going to go be one of the best receivers in the game. This might, and it's going to go help somebody win. This and is, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I would welcome that. I would want him because you wouldn't have to give up a lot to get him. And if it didn't work out, you'd punt. Well, I would say this, though, Ben. If this is angling the way these NFL pundits are saying it's angling, that's a different animal. That's an animal you just took $30 million away from. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you guys really think a team with aspirations of winning is going to step up and pay this guy significant money? It's different. The Colts if, have cap room. It's different if it's on their tab. Yeah. But when it's on your tab, you just witnessed it. Yeah. Are you really going really to allocate significant money to a guy that in the course of four months ran himself off of two Why teams? Why significant money? Because if he doesn't get his $30 million guaranteed, he's not. But the market is, is what the market is. I don't think people are going to give him that money again. Right. I don't either. So I'm saying you're not going to spend a lot to get him. No, I know, but I'm saying people like that are like, where's my money? Oh, no, but, it, he, he's, but it's not going to be there. So the market is what the market is. And you said, would a team deal with him to bring him in? The Cowboys had Greg Hardy because they wanted to win. So you're saying an opportunity to get a guy on the cheap. Get a guy on the cheap with huge upside who yeah. may be better than Amari Cooper. And if it doesn't work out because he's a pain in the butt, Kick him to the curb, but I, now he would have to be on his best behavior because he yeah. has no other choice. He has no he's, other choice. He's about to go play in the XFL, and no one would guarantee him money. No, I mean nobody. He, nobody would. It'd be nobody. like, all right, if you want to come play for 125 grand a week, which he'll throw a fit. Pretty hey, good. We're putting this in your contract too that you have to agree to play with whatever helmet we give you. I mean, he's running out of plank. He might. He seriously. He if this if this ends up where the Raiders are able to suspend him and get rid of the $30 million, it is possible Antonio Brown has played his last NFL game. Yeah, it's possible, yeah. but I promise you, I promise you there's a team out there. The Chiefs. Who would love to have him. The Chiefs And don't you dare. bring him in, and, and dude, as Eagles. much crazy as he's shown, as much crazy as he's shown, I mean, the helmet thing is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen or heard of. Jumping into a cryo tank with wet feet or wet socks that ever happened, that, that shouldn't have happened, but... I mean, just don't ever do that again. Uh -huh. If he plays in a good, plays with a helmet he's comfortable in, you keep him out of the cryo tank with wet socks, and you don't find him, 
Yeah. You're good. It ain't that bad. The uh, Just adding on to all this, Pro Football Talk is reporting that Brown threatened to punch Raiders GM Mike Mayock in the face. And Vontez Perfect <laughs> swooped in. Well, he's so lovely. God, he's so always amazing. there to be a rational voice to calm everyone down. I mean, it's it's he, he's a lot younger, but remember, T.O. could still play, and everyone was like, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Now, he's – I. oh, man. I mean, th- and this has played out so publicly. Yeah. This is oh, pl- this, this is the only this? this is the only thing on my timeline. You know who right else now. will do this? The Browns. Hell yeah, John Dorsey. The J- Browns, Chiefs, Patriots, even uh, maybe somebody would be smart to the do Eagles it. Eagles would be because, a team that would do this, right? Cowboys should watch somebody else do it because look, you're going to go in, you're going to get him on the cheap, and you're going to say, man, if there's any problem at all, we're going to have to punt. We're going to give up on you. And there's, uh, there's not too many more stops on this train. If another team gives up on you, you're done. If I'm the Chiefs, I go in here. <laughs> and I go for it here. Before uh-huh. I have to pay Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go for it right here. Oh. And he is gonna, going to have incentive to be there. And he can stick it to the Raiders you twice like a year Reed? in the division. Oh. And then he's gone. He's gone after a year, and you pay Pat Mahomes that's your best chance of the Chiefs Sorry, the of ever toppling the Patriots dynasty. We haven't really – maybe we'll get into this tomorrow. We haven't gotten into this too much. Chiefs add Brown. Are they your instant favorites to win the Super Bowl if they're not already? Yeah. I yeah, mean, their defense, sure. their defense for sucks. Sure. The Patriots but, are, right? Yeah, because the defense of the Chiefs sucks. But keep in mind, Antonio Brown put up huge numbers when everyone in the world knew every week that they were going to try to get the ball to him. Double coverage, no problem. You know, it's like they, they, it's like the whole teams are running a boxing one on him, basically, and he still put up 40 points a game. You can't cover that team if Tyree kills on the other side. No. And Kelsey and it's Antonio Sammy Brown. Watkins, even no matter oh what you think God. of him, they got money to do it now. So do the Cowboys. So do the Cowboys. But that ain't happening. But the either. Cowboys have a circus atmosphere anyways. They can tolerate any other I'm, minor circus within their giant circus tent. But, this, uh, but in the locker room, the circus has died down a lot. And right. let me, let me but, ask but, you but this. Like hold on, hold on. Like if you, agency. If, hold on. If you bring Antonio Brown in here, you're not giving him guaranteed money, and you're going to bring him in here, and he is going to complain about not getting the ball on a team that's going to try to get it to Zeke as much as possible. And you have Amari Cooper in a contract year, and you have Dak in a contract year, and you have Garrett in a contract yeah. year. But, but you keep him from going to the Eagles. And your team is unfreaking stoppable, and you're trying to win it right now. I'm not saying. All right, let's see and, this. And dude, with To, To would poison the locker room, right? I don't think that's. Uh, I mean, these are antics that are distractions that are poisoning the locker room. To was true poison. Like I don't know that there's uh, his teammates all hated him. I mean, necessarily, it's I, I, I not mean, that just, he was a favorite or anything. He's Roethl- a weird. Roethlisberger hated him, but that's he's not a weirdo. That who common. all liked Roethlisberger? Right. Too, he's, you know? he's divisive, though. Okay, he's, let's do he, this. He's a weirdo. Eight he's seven, weird. Uh, Autoflex leasing fan text eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Would you be on board with bringing Antonio Brown in here if he <laughs> if he ends up getting suspended <laughs> for the start of the season <laughs> and his own actions lead him to void twenty nine million dollars? It sounds so crazy of his own money. Teams with cap space right now. Your leader in the clubhouse by a lot is the Colts, uh, fifty million. Your third most team with cap space is the Cleveland Browns at thirty three eight, and John Dorsey does not care. He drafted Tyreek Hill knowing that there would be people petitioning outside Arrowhead Stadium to have him cut the day of the draft. He knew it. He does not care. And the other guy, well, you have the Cowboys, about seventh most, right around $22 million in cap space. Take a look. You keep walking down. The Chiefs, the 14th most cap space at $15 million. 
Dude, so dude, I would you don't say think that Dak would want Antonio Brown? He's the uh, exact type of receiver he wants where he runs crisp routes and he's always open. Yeah, I would think that I would think Dak's personality is like, hey, bring whoever in. Let's figure out a way to get along with it. Yeah. I think the guy who wouldn't want Antonio Brown here is Garrett. Agreed. And, <laughs> and I don't think Steven would either. But, but, but how much control does Garrett have right now? None. He has no control because he's not in charge. And right. if Jerry wants it, I say he's not in charge. I'm saying because he's coaching for his job. Right. If Jerry wants it, Jerry, this is the type of thing where – Hey, Steven and Will are in charge, but Jerry's the decider. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 